Hello and welcome back to Users First. I'm Alessio Ferracuti, UX designer and podcast host at Users First. And this is a recorded message from the future. Yeah, you guessed it. That's right. I'm in 2022. And I just added this short audio in the episode because I want to let you know that the episode you're about to listen belongs to the old season of the podcast. However, if you want to listen to shorter, better audio quality podcasts and a way better intro, skip to the new area and start listening to the episodes that have the new graphics. A little bit about myself if you don't know anything. I began studying UX design in 2019. Starting out, believe me, it wasn't easy. And after a few months of studying, reading books and networking, grinding really hard, I landed my first role in UX and decided to open a podcast and a blog to share actually my own experiences so far and, and from the experts that I've been talking to as well. Man, since my first role, I've been learning so much from the smartest people in the field. And now I've been handling successfully my career and I want to help you too. So I can teach you the ropes, become confident in UX, land the dreams role in tech that you've been dreaming about for all these years. And my job is going to be simply to inspire you and bring the most experienced guests on the podcast for you. If you want to build your network, improve your UX skills in a fun way and learn about job opportunities, Join our Discord channel, it's free, and I post UX quizzes there, and even have giveaways for you, I mean, uh, for the winners of the podcast. We have leaderboards and levels for the people who engage the most, and, you know, when you are in the top of the leaderboard and win the quizzes, not only you are given a shout-out in my episodes to show you, like, my full appreciation, but you'll also receive gifts from me. And to the ones that reach the highest level, I will even be sharing the secret sources with you of my career and give you access to my personal UX playbook and the books that influenced me the most in my career. Please don't join in too many, or I will literally go broke if I send gifts to everybody. Nah, I'm just kidding. Go check it out for real. And you know, if you want to help me pay off my expenses for the podcast, you can join our Patreon channel. And or you know, if you don't want to join Patreon, you can even uh, offer me a, a cheap coffee every month. You can access all of these from my website. It's UsersFirstPodcast.com. Hey, enjoy my oldest episodes. Peace out now. Bye. Good morning, everyone. I'm your host, Alessio Ferraguti from AlessioUX.com. And today I'll be talking about how UX designer in Edinburgh, Helen Peake, got into UX design with her background in marketing and communication. And you will learn much more about that uh, very soon and what Helen is doing to make services more user friendly. So enjoy this episode and uh, here we go. Welcome to the User's First Podcast by Alessio UX, where we interview user experience designers and many other digital experts who focus on building products and services that delight users. And what is the number one rule of every product or business? It's that users always come first. So Helen Peake is a UX designer and also head of design and marketing at Debler, a technology company based in Edinburgh, which facilitates the the government by challenging uh, tech companies to solve public sector issues. She worked as marketing executive for many years. She freelanced as a web content designer for six years. 
and she has a diploma in digital marketing from the Charter Institute of Marketing. She has a diploma in visual communication from the Edinburgh College, and now she's also a certified user experience professional, focused on making apps that are easy to use. So welcome to the user-friendly podcast, Helen. Um, uh, to the Hello. user's first podcast, sorry. <laughs> uh, Hi. Hi. Yeah. Uh, so thrilled to be here um, and to have you here today. So um, me and Helen actually graduated from the same um, UX Design Institute, and um, we we connected in Edinburgh some time ago at the at the UX um, Edinburgh meetup, and and uh, which is a monthly meeting of UX minds and in the city of Edinburgh. And if you happen to be in the city, please check it out. Their venue has fantastic beer and their hosts uh, are wonderful and there is lots of things uh, to discuss about there on UX design. Um, before we talk about um, how you make products more uh, user-friendly and what you do to give um, prioritization to users, I want to make a few, I want to take a few moments to talk about uh, your personal life, Helen. Um, what, do you, what do you like to do uh, when, you're, when you're not working? Well, I, I like gardening and well, well. I like dancing and I like to do art just for fun as well. Um, it, I like to keep my hand in with the more um, traditional media, given half a chance. But uh, I also like playing around with animation and motion graphics, even wow. special. But that does take a lot of concentration, so I don't always have the brain cells left by the end of the day. <laughs> but oh, it's yeah. fun. I can imagine that. And what kind of programs are you using? Uh, do you use for three D animation and three uh, DS Max for the three D animation, and um, and Adobe After Effects for the motion graphics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, that's I gather there are better ones. It's just that's the ones that oh. I the students. So. Yeah. Did you did you learn that in school or you you did learn that by yourself? It was partly during the interactive design course, the HND in interactive design. We had an introduction to a lot of Adobe software and 3ds Max. So mm -hmm. I just ran from there. Thank so uh, uh, Lynda.com or now LinkedIn Learning. <laughs> right, and, and right. you know, I've noticed I've noticed online that um, when when they're looking for UX designers, a lot of companies are also looking for UX designers that have some kind of skill set related to 3D animation or After Effects, so um, it's, it's definitely um, something that um, you might want to uh, think of if you, if you like 3D animations, right? Um, it, it's definitely uh, a plus for you, so that's, that's amazing. Um, and I, I love, I love gar gardening too, by the way. Uh, <laughs> anything else that you like doing in your spare time? Oh, well, um, I guess the same things as everyone else, going out and seeing my friends and all that. That's that's about it. That's that's mm -hmm. the life in Scotland. Yes. <laughs> and um, what? We uh, anyway. <laughs> I lo love your hobbies and and uh, you know tell tell us about um, what inspired you to um, begin a career in this emerging fi emerging field of user experience design. Everybody's talking about user experience design, UX here, UX there, UI. It's it's definitely an emerging field. What inspired you to begin a career? UX? Well, it was, I kind of spiraled around the field and eventually pinpointed what it was I wanted to do. 
I was working in marketing and ended up doing the catalogue for a um, online retailer. I'd really enjoyed that, so I thought maybe I'll make a move into design. But I didn't want to do graphic design because um, you know print is so expensive nowadays. So I did this interactive design H and D while freelancing, and I enjoyed that very much. It covered quite a lot of areas, such as 3D animation, but UX was part of it. And what attracted me to that was that it was a big mix of things that I knew I enjoyed doing on a day-to-day basis at work, uh, writing content, um, making something visually attractive, but also solving problems and talking to real people to find out what those problems were in the first place. Mm -hmm. So it just seemed like that was the career for me. Lovely. Uh, And, and you know, that's, that's the main concept of user experience design, just like caring for the users and and the fact that you were already doing that probably even before the word ux existed that's you know that's that's pretty amazing and i'm I'm glad to hear that that's such an amazing answer for our listeners uh, uh, what was your biggest your biggest barrier while making these career change towards user experience design well it, the main one was trying to keep the mortgage paid and all the bills paid while making the move because I would have had to take a very serious drop in salary if I'd gone back to being a junior designer. So the, I was working at RBS as a communications officer. And that was really, really nice. There was, again, quite a lot of UX involved because I was um, obviously trying to get information out there in a form that people could use. But one of my UX colleagues very kindly let me shadow him for a day. And um, that very much gave me the confidence that this was the way forward. And he mentioned the UX Design Institute course and was saying that it's very much about building a portfolio so you've got something to show so you don't necessarily have to start from the bottom. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So that seemed, that seemed the way in. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's uh, that's uh, that's amazing. And um, so, were you were you also working at the time that uh, you you decided to make this career change? Uh, yes, yes, I was um, freelancing, and I got this contract with RBS, and and just generally fitting the course around various jobs. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you find uh, you know before you used to be more of a freelancer? How do you see the difference now, um, freelancing in um, marketing and, and design versus having more of a stable job? How do you feel about that? Well, the freelancing was pretty much in order for me to do the, co- to do the course. <laughs> I was actually an employee. Most of the time, I was a marketer. And, um, so that worked out great for you in that case? Yes. And um, the RBS job was a contract, and this job that I have at the moment is uh, as an employee. So I've just done, I wasn't too concerned about the form of the job as long as I was doing something I enjoyed and was getting me closer to my goal. Yeah, yeah that's, you know, that it's amazing because um, a, a lot of people are, are doing that right now, trying to, you know, having a job and studying at the same time. And, you know, it, it's a hassle. It's, it's not easy to do. And 
and you know we should all admire and and be inspired by people like you that are doing multiple things at the same time while while keeping the goal there and and actually achieve it pretty successfully just like just like you did and, <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, re related to uh, getting into the course, um, you know, there is a lot of people right now that are studying UX design that are that have so many questions, and that is one of the main reasons why I'm starting this podcast because I want to help people that um, have all these questions about what's user experience design, what should I do, uh, where should I study, and so on. I really want to help them. So one of the questions that I've been asked. Um, very often is um, should should um, UX junior junior UX designers or even seniors should they uh, specialize in one thing or um, should they generalize their profession in, in many things from your point of view? Um, I think that really has to depend on their background and what they enjoy. I mean, I'm not a recruiter. I don't really know the field. I don't have an overview of the field, but I could see some people really loving the research and some people really wanting, say, if you love graphic design, you might want to concentrate on the UI. Personally, I enjoy the whole process, um, taking it from the beginning, finding out what the problem is, and then taking it through to solving the problem and trying to tell everyone about the problem. That, that makes me happy. That's that's amazing, and, and uh, you know I'm I'm the same. I I I was taught to do everything um, through the course that we both did, right? Uh, yeah. But then again, I, I'm I'm specializing myself in something, so it, it's really it's really up to you what you like doing. I I join human interaction, and uh -huh. and so I I like to talk to people. Like I like to find problems out of them. I like to I like to. Um, empathize them and 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 uh, let them know that I understand their problem and and I can actually solve it. So just just like you, I love I love that part too, and um, that's amazing. So would you would you would say to our listeners to uh, to specialize in something? It certainly seems to be the way things are going, but it's a little hard to specialize until you've got a good idea of the field, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely I would, true. Yeah. I would talk to perhaps a recruiter. I'd talk to a UX recruiter who you might want to interview, actually. I'll send you his name in case he doesn't want to. And yes, and he was saying that people are getting, people are looking for specialized people, but in a lot of startups, I think there's still room for more generalists because I ended up in a startup and I have been doing a very wide range of things and it's been great fun that's amazing. so i think there is space I, I believe in startups that's um you know my point of view I, I i love what you're saying um my point of view i i would love to specialize in something and that's what i'm doing but uh, i'm in a startup as well so uh -huh. in a startup you you actually learn to do many things <laughs> so um you know I, i've been told before not to go to startups because they could be dangerous, especially if you don't have a lot of experience. But, um, but in my case, it wor it's working out quite well because I am, um, I've learned how to manage multiple things at the same time and I've learned everything from research to prototyping. And um, so that's, that's amazing. Uh, how, did you, how did you manage your uh, first uh, startup? Well, it's not my startup. <laughs> yeah, well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was at the UX meeting that we met at. I also met a chap called uh, Jolt, and he asked me to come for an interview for his job, for his startup called Deblur. And he is working on a project called Digital Blue Badge. And he needed someone to do the more user experience side of things. So that's been very, very breakneck speed. It's uh, on a government accelerator called CivTech. And so what we're doing, we've created a working prototype of a digital blue badge. Now, blue badges are cards that allow disabled people to park in disabled parking bays. But there are new things coming up where a card isn't really suitable anymore. Some Scottish cities are looking at introducing low emission zones and older, more polluting cars will be charged to enter the city centres. Now, they're looking into giving exemptions for these zones for blue batch holders, but they're not sure how to manage it. Because obviously a piece of cardboard is okay when you're static, but it's not very good when you're moving fast. So we have created a working prototype which will allow blue badge holders to get their exemptions from these charges regardless of which car they're in and with a minimum of effort so we we are also trying to give added benefits for this for showing them where disabled parking is and it's hours of operation, accessible toilets, and just generally trying to make disabled people's lives easier because it's very, very tricky to get about. And this, when uh, Jolt asked me to, to interview for it, I was very, very keen because my dad has Parkinson's. So it was something that was close to home and I really wanted to get involved and I'm glad I did. That, it's been crazy, but it's been fun. <laughs> that's that's amazing. That's that's amazing. You know, um, and um, I, I, you know, some some people actually uh, say that UX design can only be applied to uh, digital things, but you know, you just showed us that UX design can also be applied to actually uh, services or even even signs signs on the street and. And and uh, what you're doing right now, it, it it's basically uh, to our list. This is directed to our listeners. Uh, you're applying the user experience concept to to a real life uh, on actually practically on on the street, um, uh, re really on the street. And and you know that that's that's pretty that's pretty amazing right there. So is that what you're working on right now? Is that the project that you're working on uh, currently? Yes. Although it's a little on hold as Transport Scotland are rather busy with the coronavirus right now, um, dealing with problems with that. But yes, we've got the working prototype up and it's just a case of Transport Scotland telling us what to do with it. Right. And, and uh, are you working on other, pro were you working before the coronavirus on, on other projects uh, at the same time or you were focused only on oh, this? It was, it was the government accelerator. So it was all hands on deck just on that one project. Oh, wow. But what we are looking into now, since this project is a bit on hold, is a coronavirus symptoms tracker. 
So the idea is, even if you're well, you just log how you're feeling each day. And say if you've got a bit of a cough or you know, just what is probably just an ordinary cold, you, you just log your symptoms every day. And then this, if you should get sick, you can show your doctor. Or, and then the doctor can use it to help treat you. Or the aggregated data could perhaps be shared with the NHS and they could use it to see how symptoms emerge and how they become perhaps the virus. Now, this is very early days. We've only started looking at it, but I'm talking to a friend who works for the NSS. That's the kind of admin side of the NHS in Scotland. And uh, we'll just see where that goes. Still very old. It, it sounds very exciting. Honestly, um, I love I love the I love the concept of adapting to the market need. So mm -hmm. uh, that's that, that's definitely what it is. And you know, I'm excited for you to to be working on this project. It, it seems it seems amazing. Um, you know what what do you do to um, so you know um, I've mentioned earlier what what you do in the in the company, but I, I would like to know from you exactly. Um, what is it that you do in the company? Um, you said uh, you're you're a marketing uh, lead and you're a design lead, but but what's your um, what's your like daily tasks? What what is it that you do? Do you lead a do you lead a team? How does it work? Well, it's um, I mainly work with contractors, and it's been there has been no uh, routine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as as I say, it's a startup. And we've been on an accelerator. So the first month or so was just getting out there and talking to organizations and talking to people and trying to get lots of user involvement and user needs. And then, say, the next month or so was uh, crazy with usability testing. And then uh, we had, an, and we were working with, um, some contractors and graphic designers for developing the prototype for testing. And then we were working with um, a, a coder, you know, a developer, uh, although my, my boss is a, is a developer as well, mm -hmm. um, to actually build it. Wow. <laughs> so each month was very different. And I've just been tending to do the talking with people, getting the look of it right alongside the graphic designers and doing the research and doing some marketing but it wasn't really marketing it was more trying to get people involved so it marketing in a way you know getting people to know about us and give us their input but there's been no routine yeah. <laughs> there's been no oh, <laughs> I, I i feel you yes yes and you know that's amazing because you you touch all points you go from research to um, graphic design and and that mm -hmm. that I think that says it all that that says like uh, how how skilled you are and the years of experience that you have that mm -hmm. um, you know everything that you have learned through these years uh, that finally it comes comes to an end where where you can actually design and and uh, build products in a complete way and and that and that's wonderful <laughs> sorry. I don't do the coding. Oh, no, we, yeah, of course, decoded. Uh, who does? <laughs> um, that's that's another interesting um, 
question that I would like to talk about. Maybe maybe not today. Um, I've been asked I've been asked by a few um, of my followers um, which uh, whether they sh if they should learn how to code or not, and um, I'm making I'm making a YouTube video on that actually. <laughs> I've definitely seen a lot of jobs out there that want you to be able to code as well. But I'm definitely kind of maxed out in, I think I'm better off concentrating on what I already know because my skills are quite broad already. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to distract myself any further. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like you were saying, a lot, lot of jobs descriptions are putting coding out there. But yes. like, how, much, how much coding do you really need? They don't specify that. That's something they should do, I think, from yes. my point I mean, of view. I can write HTML and CSS, but I can't code. Not properly. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, a good understanding is necessary, I believe, but, but you don't have to mm. be a full-stack developer. That's for sure. A unicorn, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> a unicorn. Yeah, you said it right. Um, so uh, let's let's move on to your motivations. I would like to talk about what is it um, that keeps you going. Uh, what are what are the motivations um, that le that leads you to um, designing? Well, it's just seeing how tech can help people, but also then seeing the barriers that stop them using it. Mm -hmm. Do you do you have like a, a some some source of inspiration? Like, uh, do you have a person or or someone or I, I even sorry, my mom and her total inability to use technology. Oh yeah, that, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> if mom can use it, anyone can. I um. Do you have like a source of inspiration? Maybe like some libraries or some tools. It's just. Just everyday situations, like I've got an idea for an app for making it easier to find plants for your garden, mm -hmm. ones for meal planning, just everyday things that I think could be made easier. Um, and uh, one thing that's been lovely lately was my mum and dad, they, as I say, my dad's got Parkinson's disease. so. They can't really get about much more, get about very much anymore. So they got themselves a dog, and the dog's lovely. He's called Gilbert. Oh. But um, all of a sudden, it was really unfortunate timing. My dad's Parkinson's got a lot worse, which meant that it was very difficult for him to give the dog the exercise it needed. But um, I was lucky enough that I knew about something called Borrow My Doggy, where you can sign up and um, they do a little bit of vetting but then you can borrow other people's doggies so you get to take them for a walk and give them a big fuss and um so now dad has this dog and gets lots of love oh that's and amazing that's the amazing. dog lots of exercise and um you know obviously this was not my solution well it was my solution for them but i didn't create this but it's just the fact that they wouldn't know how to get that working without me but it's really made such a difference. They've made loads of young friends who can help with the garden and so forth. And um, wonderful. Just trying to make that kind of thing happen with, is is really inspiring. That's wonderful. So, so resources and software. They're all. So listeners, 
be very close to your family, biggest source of inspiration, and get that dog, a cute one if possible, and and take care of your garden. Yes, I you know I completely agree on that. Uh, dog and family to me are my biggest sources of inspiration. Um, if you um, if you know I, I, we know that you're a very skilled person. You study a lot and you have a lot of work experience in the creative field. Um, what would you say it's your best skill? What is your strongest ability when designing? I would say just learning. Just keep learning. Um, I'm pretty quick at picking up new software, which is really handy. And also just when you're doing UX design, of course, you're always learning about people and their situation and their problems and the technology that might help fix them. So just, yeah, just keep learning. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, lo love that. Love that. Um, yeah. Keep learning. Be humble. Um, observe. Um, just uh, just practice those those uh, UX skills on a daily basis, and and that's amazing. That's amazing. What is uh, your uh, favorite user research method, and and why? Well, usability tests are great, but um, I really like to try a bit more of the ethnographic observation because I've actually got a degree in social anthropology many many years ago. Wow. And so I went out in the field and studied um, witches and druids, actually, in Ireland. So ethnography is very close to my heart. Um, unfortunately, the breakneck speed of this Digital Blue Badge project didn't allow for that. Mm. But mm. I really like to get out there and see disabled people go about their daily business and the troubles they have, parking or getting about the city, and uh, see how I could solve that. But close second is very definitely usability testing because, you know, it, it really gets people talking. If you, if you have one piece of advice, you know, for, for people like us focused on um, designing and building products, what would that advice be? Definitely just listen to the user. Go and talk to them if possible. Go where they go and do what they do as best you can. Love that. Um, Love that. Yeah. Time doesn't always allow. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, like, it, it makes absolutely sense. You are designing, you're designing for the user, and it will make sense for you to, uh, you know, sometimes take a step back and listen a little, me, a, a little bit more to the user. It, it makes up absolutely sense. And um, what is, like, the biggest barrier that you have encountered in in the in design in the designing of a product um is it like the communication with the team is it uh the time frame that you have um the deadlines what is it in in the case of the accelerator it was most definitely the deadlines um we had four months to get together the working prototype along okay. with all the research all the design <laughs> all the admin, everything, wow. and, and I can't claim to that we followed the procedure we were taught at the UX Design Institute, <laughs> but we got it done and people liked it. That's so. amazing. And, <laughs> and yeah. you know, it would be very interesting to know um, what kind of a pr approach did you take in four months? Uh, did you do research for a month? Then you started to uh, analyze it. How did you, how did you um, approach that? Well, I kept doing research throughout the entire thing, but 
obviously to start with it was very research heavy and um because we had to make sure we were building the right thing Mm -hmm. so it was very there was a there were phases but the research never did stop especially since the usability testing was such a big thing Mm -hmm. so yes definitely phased but not. Mm-hmm. And what would you say was um, the main research that you did for the project? Um, just out of curiosity. Lots of lots and lots of interviews, because we the time didn't allow us to get about the country. It would have been very very nice to do the ethnographic research. Um, and there wasn't a lot of secondary research to do, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we did do a literature review, but there wasn't a lot of literature about. So it was mostly a case of talking to people, both organizations, public bodies, charities, and individuals, and very much focusing on practical events you know, rather than things that had happened, rather than asking them what they thought. So, so you said there was a, a, an iterative process along the way, along four months, you kept on doing, um, even though you, you built a prototype, you still were doing interviews, usability test, user testings, usability testings, and so on. Yes. Uh, you, just, just like you said earlier, always, always talk to your users. If you're designing a product, for your users, make sure you um, keep them um, in the process along the way. So yes, thank you, thank you for yeah. sticking to the UX design principles. That's that's amazing. I'm I'm so excited. That's that's why I love talking to other UX uh, professionals because they can validate all my assumptions about UX design. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I wanted to ask you uh, something, Helen. So um, th- this is quite of an interesting question, uh, more um, life-related. So uh, you know, a lot of professionals go uh, through a lot of things throughout their career, and I believe uh, myself that there is uh, no growth without failure. And and this is a concept that applies to pretty much everything, from sport to life um, to designing a product. And my question was, what is, what is your biggest failure that helped you become who you are today? I guess just um, <laughs> being a complete geek at school. And geek? Not, yeah. Oh. And not getting all the social things. I've had to be very, very conscious. I've had to very consciously learn all that stuff. Wow. So, um, so were you did, did you have a lot of friends in school? Um sometimes but not always. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I very much had to learn to listen. I have one more one last question. Uh, I I I love talking about failures by the way because it's uh it's it's an interesting it's an interesting question because um nobody wants to answer it right or there is n- <laughs> I, it, it's a tricky question. Um uh, what uh, do you do? You have any advice for people that want to begin uh, a career in user experience design? What would your advice be to those people? Oh, um, 
see if you can get a day's work shadowing. That was really, really good. Because there's so many things I love but wouldn't want to do as a career. So try and get out there and basically apply UX design principles to seeing a few UX designers for you. <laughs> you know, get out there, listen, and get involved and observe. Because, yeah, there's so many careers and it's just what can you do for eight hours plus a day and still stay happy? Yeah. You've got to get out and give it a go yeah. as best you can. And are you, are you happy right now with the, with the job that you have? Oh, yeah, I like my job, yeah. Okay. I, I really like uh, Jolt <laughs> and I really... That is the spirit. The, I like the, the building, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, that, yeah, yeah I, you know, I, I, I empathize with that um, uh, because right now I, I am actually shadowing someone. Uh, so my the person I'm shadowing is... Uh, a UX UI unicorn. Um, so he knows how to do a lot of things. He's very experienced in the field, and for me, it's a great mm -hmm. opportunity to learn from him. So um, I definitely agree with you. Shadow someone else and apply what you have learned in whichever course you have learned it from. Apply to to whatever you're doing right now in your company and take that opportunity to elevate as a professional. So completely agree on, on that with you. And, uh, you know, I I think we're pretty much done. I don't have any more questions. Yes. And, and right. wonderful, Ellen. So I'm so glad that you came here today. Um, your work <laughs> is fantastic. Thank you for what you're doing. And I really hope okay. that this episode uh, will inspire other professionals to do better. Um, new emerging designers, perhaps, to find their way in and make... Um, Everyone realizes the importance of uh, prioritizing user needs and expectations when designing software. So, uh, yes. Uh, thank you again. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.